Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Candace Gibson, joined by Josh Clark. How's it going? It's going pretty well, Candace. I'm uh, feeling very curious today. Curious like a cat? Precisely. Hungry like the wolf? Precisely. So, you know, it's fortunate for us that it's 2008 because, you know, if this were like oh, 908 AD, um, I'd probably be killed right now because scientific inquiry was n- pretty much frowned upon, right? Um, the good thing is, is that um, we kind of emerged from this dark age, the medieval ages, into the age of exploration where Europe just suddenly blew like dandelion feathers into the uh, into the wind and started looking around this big wild world, which was good for us, usually bad for the people uh, you know who already lived in the places the Europeans discovered. I just made air quotes. Um, but it did give rise to the age of enlightenment where scientific inquiry and curiosity just took off like a rocket, right? And people were curious and tangible things too. People who traveled to these far and distant lands would bring back artifacts mm-hmm. and it was considered very fashionable among Europe's elite to come and gaze upon these items. I know, I know what you're talking about, uh, Wunderkammer, right? Or Wunderkammer. Wunderchambers. Right. Or cabinets of curiosity. Um, and they'd have all sorts of weird stuff in it, right? I yeah. mean, like give me an example. Well, these were precursors to the modern museum. So pretty much anything you'd see in a museum today from like, oh, I don't know, maybe not a mastodon skeleton necessarily, but like a starfish or, you know, an an idol from an equatorial cult, things like this. Right. So I I can totally buy that. The thing is, is I have heard that one guy in particular, Peter the Great, who was fascinated by this kind of stuff and actually had his own uh, wunderkammer, um, a a very legendary one, uh, had baby skeletons uh, in it. Which just strikes me as weird, like starfish, equatorial cult fetishes, whatever. I get that. But baby skeletons, is that, is that fact or fiction? Believe it or not, that's fact. Wow. So, yeah, these just weren't metaphorical skeletons in his closet. Don't know why I took that pregnant pause there. I guess I'm, I'm picturing these creepy little things. No, but- I, I, I would I would advise self-doubt for that <laughs> one, too. But they're not really that creepy. I mean, it was for the sake of science. And Peter was really in love with um, the work of one particular Dutch scientist named Frederick Reusch. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but um, I hope I am. Reusch. Anyway, he put together little dioramas of sylvan scenes that featured uh, fetal skeletons. And instead of these little baby skeletons wandering through brambles and trees and shrubs, they were wandering through tangles of arteries and veins. And some of them were a little more excited to be captured in the diorama than others. Those who were rather disappointed at their state of eternal torment cried into tissues made of flayed uh, brain tissue, actually. So they were quite interesting to gaze upon. and, And Peter had a couple. They were really prized possessions and... Uh, this wasn't just for, you know, his own sick sense of humor. He was really hoping to pull Russia out of the Dark Ages to catch up with the rest of Europe. He wanted his people to appreciate this thing, you know, for science, for what it is, rather than being a freak of nature. So you can actually see a picture of this creepy diorama in Josh's article when you read the question, What was in Peter the Great's Cabinet of Curiosities? on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. 